Good morning. One more time. Good morning, Grace. Welcome to the worship service of the Grace United Methodist Church on this beautiful Sunday morning. We're glad you're here. We also send out a special welcome to those of you who are joining us online. We know we have a very strong online presence, and we invite you, if you're ever in town, to stop by and, and worship with us. We're at 410 Harvestson Boulevard in Columbia, South Carolina, and we welcome all who come to praise the risen Christ. Come join us. We would really love to see you. We have a, a number of things going on. We're making sure those things go out over our email list. If you're not receiving our email and you'd like to, if you'll call the church office or let the pastor know, we'll get your email address added to the, our group of email addresses. If you can't receive email and you'd like to get the information anyway, if you let the church office know, we'll get that to you as well. We have a number of things going on as we enter the season of Advent. Today is the first Sunday in Advent, and we're moving towards Christmas. So we have a number of things that we need to thank some people for and some things that are coming up. First of all, a big thank you to those who came Thursday night to decorate the church for Advent. Uh, a special thank you to Michael and Tracy for our beautiful wreaths that, that adorn the, the church. The, I think Michael and Tracy did those last year. My, 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 Tracy's pointing at Michael. <laughs> big thank you to you guys for, for making the church beautiful for us. We appreciate it. We also have Angel Tree coming up. I'm going to turn it over to Marlon real quick to talk about that. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, good morning. Um, Angel Tree uh, Family Fun Night um, is this coming Saturday, 6 to 8. There's a sign-up sheet in the Narthex. I have solicited also some baked goods. Um, you don't necessarily have to bring a baked good to come to the family fun night. Um, all the presents were due today, okay? Um, there's a good amount of them, but I know there's a couple missing. Um, and I need to have those in hand because you won't be back at church unless you come to that night. And I really need to have those um, in hand so I can get them delivered if they do not show uh, for the angel uh, party. Um, as of right now, um, we have 13 guests coming. We could have as many as 20. Um, this is a night designed to celebrate them, but also to have fellowship with them. And I would like to have as many Grace members here as possible. And I need you to sign up so we know what to order when it comes to food. Okay? Um, any questions about anything, please do not hesitate to ask me. Thank you. Next Wednesday night, we will be having a, our annual soup and sandwich fellowship meal, but we're also including that with what we're calling our crutch walk. If you have a favorite nativity set that you grew up with or one that you're using in your, in your home or one you'd just like for us to see, we set up a table, a couple of tables in the, in the fellowship hall, and we present those for the church to see the different nativity sets from around the world. We are going to be having soup and sandwiches at the same time, and we're inviting you to bring cookies and recipes for those cookies so we can have a cookie swap. There's a sign-up sheet in the narthex. Again, this is December 13th. It'll be from 6 to 8 p.m. or 6 until we're finished. And if you have any questions, you can talk to anybody on the hospitality committee, but that'll be next Wednesday, December the 13th, from 6 to 8. And there is a sign-up sheet in the narthex 
uh, along with the, the angel tree sign-up that you'll see back on the podium. So if you're planning on coming to that or you'd like to come to that, a sign-up sheet is there or you can ask a member of the hospitality committee and we'll make sure that we, we get that information to you. I've been told to remind the church that the United Women, Women in Faith still has a lot of pecans for sale. Judy says she's loading up the car. She'll have it in the back in the, in the fellowship hall after church. And if you'd like to, even if you didn't order some, there, there are a lot left over. And Judy will be with the card in the back of the church as we're leaving this morning and, and, and has asked me to tell you to buy the pecans. Mark. bulletin this week, but I wanted to let everyone know and welcome Zue uh, Gao, who is with us for the next five Sundays. Uh, Cece is currently either on a flight uh, to Tokyo from Atlanta or uh, about to be on that flight, and will be out of the country for the next five weeks. And Zue is filling in for her for the next five Sundays. We are very, very delighted to have delightful young lady. I hope that you'll take the opportunity to get to know her while she's with us and to make her feel very welcome here at Grace United Methodist Church. Thank you so much. Are there any other announcements that need to come before the church this morning? Well, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us prepare our hearts, our minds, and our spirits for worship.
have the reading is from Isaiah 60, verses 2 to 3. For darkness shall, co- shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Christ came to bring us salvation and has promised to come again. Let us pray that we may always be ready to welcome him, that the keeping of Advent may open our hearts to God's love, that the light of Christ may penetrate the darkness of sin, that this wreath may constantly remind us to prepare for the coming of Christ, that the Christmas season may fill us with peace and joy as we strive to follow the example of of Jesus. Loving God, your church joyfully awaits the coming of its Savior who enlightens our hearts and dispels the darkness of ignorance and sin. Pour forth your blessings upon us as we light the candles of this wreath. May their light reflect the splendor of Christ who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. We light this candle as a symbol of Christ our hope. May the light sent from God shine in the darkness to show us the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Thank you all. This morning, uh, in addition to our Advent wreath meditation, we celebrate all of the beautiful decorations uh, for Christmas and Advent that have been hung and are around uh, in the church. And so this day we're going to um, celebrate them in liturgy by doing the hanging of the greens readings. And what we're going to do, uh, we have several readings that uh, we'll go through and think about the greenery that we use to decorate um, and dedicate these pieces to the Lord. And in between some of those pieces, we're going to sing verse uh, Verse 1 and then verse 2 of Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. You'll see it listed in your bulletin and, um, and the hymn number is there. You can remain seated as we sing it. Uh, the hymn number is 196 and I'll prompt you when we come to the time to sing together. So from Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6 we hear, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And he shall reign as king and deal wisely. And shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. We shall prepare this house for the coming of the king with branches of cedar, the tree of royalty. In ancient times the cedar was revered as the tree of royalty. It also signified immortality and was used for purification. We use branches of evergreen like cedar as a sign of Christ, who reigns as king forever, and whose coming in justice and righteousness will purify our hearts. And now let's sing together the first verse of Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Right. 
Isaiah 9, 2, and 6 and 7, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom." He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onwards and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. We prepare this house for the coming of the eternal Christ with garlands of pine and fir whose leaves are ever living, ever green. Because the needles of pine and fir trees appear not to die each season, the ancients saw them as a sign of things that last forever. Isaiah tells us that there will be no end to the reign of the Messiah. Therefore we hang wreaths of evergreens shaped in a circle which itself has no end to signify the eternal reign of Jesus the Christ. Let's sing verse 2 together. Isaiah 53, 1 through 6. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, He was despised, and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We prepare this house for the coming of our Savior with wreaths of holly and ivy, telling of his passion, death, and resurrection. For Christians, this passage from Isaiah reflects the sufferings of Jesus, who saved us from our sins by his death on the cross and by his resurrection from the dead. 
In ancient times, holly and ivy were considered signs of Christ's passion. Their prickly leaves suggested the crown of thorns, the red berries, the blood of the Savior, and the bitter bark, the drink offered to Jesus on the cross. As we hang holly and ivy, let us rejoice in the coming of Jesus, our Savior. We prepare our hearts for the coming of the Son of God by hearing again the words of the prophets who foretold the saving work of God. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Glory to God in the highest. Amen. This day we say a special word of welcome and good morning to the children worshiping with us. We're so glad that you're here and a part of our worship in person. Or if you're online with us at home, we're glad to have you uh, this day. Um, And uh, part of our tradition that we've had over the number of years that I've been here at least, um, so my tradition at least that I've shared with y'all, is each Sunday during Advent to bring out a new person. Uh, and today we get to bring out the first person in our nativity scene that sits on the altar through the Advent season and up to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And so this morning... Um, I have brought our angel out. Um, Can you see our angel, everybody, back uh, wherever you are? So we've got our angel this morning, and the angels figure real up front. They're right in the midst of all the action in the Christmas story. We get an early part of the Christmas story this morning that we're going to hear in a minute where an angel comes to Zechariah, and Zechariah is married to Elizabeth, and we don't often or always talk about Zechariah and Elizabeth at Christmas time, but they were John the Baptist's parents. And so an angel comes to Zechariah to tell him that he's going to be a dad. Uh, And that was kind of strange because they were kind of old at the time. Um, But the angel gives him good news and then tells him lots of uh, pieces about who John was going to be, how John was going to point to Jesus and tell people that Jesus was coming and how important John's role would be and their role as John's parents. And Zechariah didn't quite believe him. And I want you all to be listening for what the angel kind of does to Zechariah because he doesn't listen because it's kind of funny to me a little bit as a dad that this is what happens to Zechariah. Um, but uh, you, you get to, we get this angel, and then there's another angel that goes to see Joseph, and one that goes to see Mary, and a host of angels on Christmas Eve. And so all throughout the story, we have the angels. And at every place, the angels come as messengers. They tell the story. They sing it. They proclaim it. They surprise people with it. And what we can think about and what we can do to be like angels... Uh, is to be messengers of that surprising grace and good news of Jesus. To take it everywhere we go this Advent and Christmas season, to tell everyone we know that Jesus is on the way, and to be about being messengers of the gospel of Jesus. And so I'm going to put our angel over here next to our communion elements, uh, and um, she may move as time goes on and we don't have other things on the altar but for now that will be the angel's location Uh, and then next week uh, we'll get to meet another person uh, and talk about them as we get closer and closer to Christmas. Let's pray. Almighty God we thank you for your message for the good news of the gospel that you share with us for the ways that you point us to Jesus 
this time of year. Help us to get ready. Help us to see. Help us to tell others about this great story that you have shared with us. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. This morning, as we continue in worship, uh, a reminder that if you have prayer concerns you want to share with the church in our worship service uh, at, the time, at this time of prayer or in the prayer list that's printed on the back of your bulletin or in our Thursday prayer email, you can email those prayer concerns to me at pastor at gracecolumbia.org. You can also call or text me during the week so that we can pray together, uh, so that we can um, set a time to meet in person to pray together if that uh, is something that you need, um, and so that we can be about the work of prayer as the people of God. Let's turn our attention uh, to our life of prayer and to our prayer together as we go to God this morning. This morning as we come before you, oh God, we pray for the family and friends of Robbie, Alice's friend's son who passed away recently. We pray for Steve Webster and for Jody, for Bernard and Felicia Presley, for George and Alina Fox, for Rich Herring, Yvette and Tom as they prepare uh, to come home as Rich is healing for Darlene Simpson, for Wade Thompson, for Jackie Daniel, for Judith Dolce, for Kathy Kane, for Philip and Carolyn Gwynn, for Joyce and Daryl Sweeney, for the Goodrich family, for Faith, for Jane Quinn, for Robert Riger, for Martin Hammond, for Joby Hammond, for Faye Hollingsworth, for Karen Furr, for Joan Smith, for Linda Lee, for all the members of Grace and their families, for all those on our prayer concerns list, for a return to love, equality, acceptance, and justice, and for those prayer concerns that go unspoken on our hearts this day. God of justice and peace, from the heavens you ray down mercy and kindness, that all the earth may stand in awe and wonder before your marvelous deeds. Raise our heads in expectation that we may yearn for the coming day of the Lord and stand without blame before your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever, and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Today's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 25, and it's taken from the New Revised Standard Version, updated edition. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was descended from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and both were getting on in years. Once when he was serving as priest before God during his section's turn of duty, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to enter the sanctuary of the Lord to offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people were praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink, even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the, disobedience to the, the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I know that this will happen? For I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he returned to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me in this time. When he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured, I have endured among my people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in scripture, there's kind of a traditional uh, miracle birth story that emerges when you read from especially Genesis uh, through into, uh, throughout the Old Testament into the New. And Elizabeth and Zechariah, as biblical people, fit that miracle birth story um, and and one of the characteristics of, of fitting the miracle birth story is that their story was one that no one in their community would have wanted to focus on, right? Uh, like Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Rachel, Elizabeth and Zechariah were unable to have a child. And, and in the biblical day, that was a hard reality for a couple, uh, it remains hard, a hard reality for many couples to this day. But 
at, at that time, that reality of their life was one that nobody in their community would have wanted to acknowledge. They would have wanted to just kind of ignore it, bypass it, and in some ways disassociate themselves from Zechariah and Elizabeth altogether because of the stigma that was attached to it. And this reality was a point of shame, especially for Elizabeth, and we know that because the text tells us so. That after she conceived She said that being pregnant was God looking favorably on her and taking away the disgrace she endured among her people. This this reality for folks in in their day and in ours that, that this untold story of the hurt and pain that was in Elizabeth and Zechariah's life is one that God often in Scripture reaches into and changes when God uses this biblical birth miracle to affect some new reality in the world. It follows the biblical pattern for Elizabeth and Zechariah to be the bearers of a new prophet, a new Elijah, who's going to point the way to Jesus coming into the world. And despite the parallels between their story and the story of the patriarchs, that reality that they were unable to have a child, they they still felt the shame at their circumstances. They were aging but remained faithful to the Lord despite the disappointment they felt about the reality of their situation. The text is clear that Elizabeth and Zechariah were faithful. He as a priest and Elizabeth as one of the leaders of her community in their time. And it's into this reality of disgrace and disappointment that God makes God's self known. Into this untold story, God starts telling the story of the good news of the grace of Jesus. While serving in the sanctuary of the Lord in the temple itself, having been chosen by lot, by chance to do so, an angel appears to Zechariah to announce the conception of John. That piece of this story really struck me this week, that that Zechariah was chosen by chance to serve. (laughs) That Luke includes it. Zechariah was chosen by chance to be in the place where God was most likely to show up. Yeah, by chance, sure. Zechariah finds himself in the place where he would have expected God to be. And God shows up to speak into the untold story of pain and heartbreak that he and Elizabeth had been feeling to announce the conception of John to this priest who was faithful and had been serving along and along throughout his life. And it, whether it was because of his great fear and terror, as the text puts it, or his long disappointment, Zechariah in that moment chooses to question the truth of the message of God in God's own sanctuary. (laughs) 
Let's not miss that. He's chosen by lot, sure, to be there. He's in a place where you would presumably as a, as a priest expect to maybe hear a word from the Lord, to maybe kind of uh, begin to understand what God has for you. It's a place you expect God to show up in some kind of way. It's God's own sanctuary, and he hears the message, and he chooses to question whether or not it's going to be true. How am I going to know this is going to be true? What do you mean, Zechariah? You're in the temple, in the place that most people can't go, where God says God's going to show up, and a messenger from God has just come and told you something. What do you mean, how am I going to know? What more do you need? (laughs) And so, all that Zechariah is told about who John will be And that, John, will be, all of that, he is unable to tell and celebrate. And so he finishes out his service in silent charades. Did y'all notice that? He kept trying to gesture to everybody. (laughs) Y'all, you'll never guess what somebody... And they're like, well, I guess God told him something, but um, we'll never know. There he is, having received this tremendous news, breaking into this untold story of pain, this new story of joy, and now he can't tell it because, well, he lost sight of where he was and who he was talking to for a moment. And so he is unable to tell this new story for a time. And instead, what we know is that God tells their story and centers Elizabeth in it. The story shifts after this. Zechariah, while it kind of opened with him, Zechariah becomes a, well, a silent character in the background. (laughs) Um, He's there, but he's unable to tell all that he knows Instead, Elizabeth takes center stage, stepping up as she conceives. Before the Messiah is conceived, God begins telling this new, untold, unspoken story. A story that begins with God's kingdom that John will herald. And already the world is upended simply with the herald's conception, with the prophet's conception. As barrenness turns to expectation of the prophet who will announce the Lord's arrival. The prophet who is filled with the Holy Spirit from before his birth. And with the spirit and power of Elijah. Zechariah knows all that, but he can't tell it. So we get to find it out in the story with Elizabeth. Advent and Christmas are about untold stories. Untold stories of hurt and pain and brokenness in our lives and in the world where God chooses to reach in and do something new. 
to tell a new glorious story of grace and light and life where there was none before. What we get in this Christmas and Advent season is the chance to connect our untold stories, to look at who we are and who God has been with us, and to tell people about the brokenness that God brought us through, the pain that God shepherded us through, the sin that God helped us to overcome, the death in us that God has destroyed. This Advent season, I want to encourage us to think about our untold stories with God, the stories in our lives and in the life of grace where God showed up mightily, but we, for whatever reason, don't ever tell the story. We either think that it's too bad to tell, some of us have those stories, or that it really doesn't rise to the level of someone needing to hear it. But neither is true. God has done the work in us, great and small, big and little in our own minds, but it was all grace that saved us from sin and death. It's our job to tell the story, to connect the story of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ breaking into the world to our stories where God broke into our lives to help our neighbors and friends and loved ones see it, to help them know its truth, to not be mute like Zechariah of the good news that God has shared with us. Advent is about untold stories that God is trying to tell. Let us pray. Almighty God, you are at work in the world, breaking in, sending signs, sending prophets, even now of the coming reign of Christ in our midst. You have told your story in us, through us, with us, and too often we sit mute about what you have done. Open us up to telling your story with us. Your story of breaking in, of coming into our lives, of healing and restoring us, of giving us your grace. We ask that you would give us the courage and boldness to tell our untold stories. Amen. I invite you to stand and join with me as we affirm our faith this morning using the Apostles' Creed. It's 881 in the hymnal. The words will be on the screen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, 
and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. morning as we prepare to give back to God out of all that God has so graciously given to us. A few reminders about how you can give here at Grace. You can give online at gracecolumbia.org. You can use a credit or debit card or a bank transfer from our giving site, which you'll find links to on the homepage. Um, And you can set up an account with us or give as a guest. You can make a one-time gift either of those ways. But if you'd like to make a recurring gift, you have to set up an account uh, so that you can designate the frequency and where you want your money to go and how long you want that uh, recurring gift to last. Um, You can do all of that by becoming a member, uh, an account holder on our giving website. If you've brought your offering with you but didn't have a chance to put it in the offering plate as you arrived to worship this morning, you are invited to place it in the offering plate as you depart from worship today. Um, If you need to mail your offering to the church uh, or drop it off at the church office, please do let us know as we did have a break-in in in our mailbox a number of weeks ago and we just want to ensure um, that we are able to account for everything that's put in the mailbox um, by our mail carrier or uh, by folks who are dropping things um, off uh, either after hours or uh, during the week. Um, If we are here during the week, please do always just know that you can uh, ring the doorbell and come in and, and deliver your offering in person as well. Um, this morning, we are going to have our after-worship uh, sermon discussion, and so if you uh, have time and would like to stay and talk a little bit more about the Scripture and about the sermon this morning, we'd love to have you join us. We'll be in the children, I mean, in the Christian Education Building uh, across the Breezeway, and so we'll be in the Fellowship Hall uh, and have a time of conversation and continued questions and answers, um, not from me. Um, y'all will ask questions, and hopefully y'all will come up with answers, because I've done as much as I can do. Um, uh, but we would love to have you be a part of that group uh, and a part of that conversation this day. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Great God of wonderful surprises, we enter this season of preparation for your son's coming, looking not just for a memory of past events, but anticipating a return. The master is near. We strive to get our lives in order and pray that our giving of ourselves to these preparations might reflect the earth-shaking importance of his coming. Help us to give ourselves generously, for we do not know the time, day, or the hour. We pray in the name of the one who will come. Amen.
please be seated. And at this time, we come uh, to the time of communion together and with God. We come to the table to celebrate the Lord's Supper on this first Sunday of Advent and first Sunday of December. This morning, as we, uh, before we get to communion, let me just speak to it for a minute. We are going to try doing intention this morning, um, which is how we did communion way back when before COVID, um, okay? Uh, so um, I'll give some instructions about what intention looks like, but what I do want to say is that if you find yourself uh, not ready to receive communion in this way where you take a piece of bread and dip it in the cup and then have communion at the table, um, part of our invitation with communion, and this is a long-standing tradition of the church, like thousands of years, um, long-standing, is that uh, you can take communion just with one kind. That is, you can just receive the bread. Uh, and so when you come, if you don't want to dip it into the cup, uh, what you can do is uh, eat the bread, and then when you come to the cup, cross your arms over your body, and the person holding the cup will still offer the, ble- the blessing of this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Um, and so if you're, you know, feeling kind of cold and fluey or whatever, uh, and you don't want to do it, or you're just not quite sure yet, um, when you come to the cup, you can just cross your arms and receive the blessing, and uh, we will have received communion together. Uh, But we will be invited uh, to take communion in both kinds, um, the bread and the cup this day. Our communion liturgy is number 17 in the hymnal. If you uh, prefer the hymnal, it'll also be on the screen this day, and let's go to the Lord's table together. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things and the rich you send empty away. Your own Son came among us, a servant, to be Emmanuel, 
your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night when he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink of this always. The blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for remem- the remembering, uh, the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. This morning, we will be taking communion by intention. We're only going to have one station, and so uh, I'll be down front with the bread, uh, and Sam will be down front with the cup. Uh, You'll come in one line and receive a piece of bread, and I'll say this is the body of Christ broken for you. You can receive it in your hands and say, thanks be to God, uh, praise be to God, uh, amen, whatever you want to say, and then move to the cup. You can dip the bread in the cup, uh, and Sam will say this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Uh, or Michael. Um, uh, Michael's going to be our cup bearer today. Uh, and um, then you can dine with Christ. Again, if you uh, prefer not to dip into the cup this morning, you can uh, take the bread and cross your arms and you'll still receive the blessing of this is the blood of Christ shed for you this day. Um, we're doing one line today and as opposed to two because we want you, as you've taken communion and had time at the altar before you return to your seat, to select a chrismon, uh, which, which are the ornaments that go on our chrismon tree. We want you to select one uh, or more to place on the tree. You'll see the tree's only decorated about shoulder high, um, and that's on purpose. We want y'all to fill it in uh, as a part of our worship today as we, as we finish our time together, and we want you to do that as you've had time to take communion this morning. So um, you're invited to do that as you come for communion uh, in just a moment, um, and bring that to Michael. Um, Once the choir has taken communion and returned back up to their position, they'll begin leading us in our uh, communion hymns. And so you're uh, invited to sing as you come, sing as you go, sing uh, throughout our time of communion this morning as well. And uh, we invite you now to come for the table is set.
As we prepare for the coming of Jesus, the light of the world, we light the chrismon tree. Let it call to mind the one who brings light to our darkness, healing our brokenness, and peace to all who receive him. And let us pray. Holy Lord, we come with joy to celebrate the birth of your Son, who rescued us from the darkness of sin by making the cross a tree of light and life. May this tree arrayed in splendor remind us of the life-giving cross of Christ, that we may always rejoice in the new life that shines in our hearts. Amen. Would you stand? Our mission at Grace is... We all know Jesus. We know Jesus in our good times and our bad. We have known Christ to come into our lives and our hearts at the moments we needed him most and the moments we least expected him. Go out into the world to make Christ known to others in your untold stories. The stories where you needed Jesus the most but don't want to have to tell anybody about it. We go out to tell this good news. The name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.